Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today we continue our journey through comic book film. As always, I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And for the first time on this project and for the first time on this podcast, I am joined by a very special guest, my father, Justin Robertson. What's up? Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm just excited to pod. Oh, and I'm excited to pod with you. Uh, we've got a hell of a show today. We've got ruckus about the house. It's a uh, it's a perfect time for for such things. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. It's a movie that exists, and uh, you know, I feel I. I feel surprisingly good about it. Uh, you know, what I'm excited to have my dad here is because he was nine years old when this movie came out. He was the movie's target audience at the time the movie was released. I was actually going to ask that, what the target audience was. Well, that, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think it's interesting because, uh, you know, looking back, I think at the time we all thought I was the target audience um, on a rewatch. Um, I should not have been the target audience, you know? No, you should not have. Uh, no, you should not have because like we kicked this movie off, you know, we got duck titties in the duck mix. Titties. We've got, yes. uh, we've got, uh, Satan sluts, the biker gang, mm-hmm. uh, straight out the gate. I was, uh, I was, I was, what's interesting though, is that's something I also noticed through our 52 year journey through film, that project last year is that when we were in the older movies, the movies that were market like space balls, I think was rated PG. Wow. I guess this that, is 86. You know, yeah. it is a different time. Yeah, there um, was. they probably took a few more liberties. I also think that, um, you know, when you're that young, um, a lot of that stuff goes over your head anyway. Now, obviously, the duck titties, I probably just thought was, you know, that's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, some of the some of the language probably I just didn't even it just didn't even register. But um yeah, when you're little, you manage to block a lot of that stuff out. Like me and uh, me and Emily are actually rewatching that '70s show right now, and I re- I watched that '70s show for the first time when I was our Griffin's age or younger, probably about yeah. twelve, eleven. I I probably shouldn't have been watching that show when I was eleven or twelve. You know, there's a there's these scenes where they all get in a circle and they're there's smoke in the air and they're talking like there's talking like uh like they're all baked. And uh at the time I was just like, man, I love when they go to the circle. I have no idea why, but this is fun. Uh now I absolutely get what's going on there. Um but what I'm uh <laughs> what what was most intriguing about this movie is me and my dad watched separately so as to not discuss it as it was happening. Okay. You know, like uh yeah, yeah. trying to uh, trying to avoid that a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh 
I was expecting a much worse movie than than the one I watched. Oh, dude, I, I was expecting this to be the worst movie on our list, like without a doubt going into it. I don't. I, I mean, it's just like it's a duck, and I like. I mean, right. I don't know. We've had Batman and Superman, right? And then I just hear Howard the Duck. So I'm like, I'm going in having zero expectations whatsoever. And, and so yeah. for you two, for you two, was it based on that? Like just knowing that, okay, it's just a, it's a duck. It's, it's filmed in 86 and that was enough for you guys to go, Oh God, this thing's going to be awful. Pretty, or had pretty you heard, much. you know what I mean? Had you done anything like, I, I probably didn't get a lot of talk, you know, Howard the Duck. I know mm-hmm. that they've introduced him in more recent years and everything, but. Was that enough for you guys to be like, this is going to fucking suck? It's, uh, it was kind of the production value and the, like, cause here's the thing at the time too, this is semi, it's not revolutionary or anything, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's rather groundbreaking. I mean, this is mm. George Lucas produced. True. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew this, but that uh, was nuts to see at the beginning. I, I'm like, yeah. honestly, that's the, the biggest thing for me. The reason I thought it was going to suck was just because I've never heard of it. Really, I right. think like I, I've never heard of it. And I'm like, okay, like if I've never heard of it, and it's a di- like I, it's so out there. Like it's not even that like I've I've heard a little bit of it, or that I've even gotten a hint of Howard the Duck. Really, I didn't even make the connection that he was in the newer movies and that this was the same character. I thought that the new one was just a random duck. I didn't. I had no idea that <laughs> yes. it was an established character. Yeah, well, that's that's what's crazy is, and the establishment of this character didn't come until about ten years before this movie. It was in the mid seventies that Howard the Duck was introduced into Marvel Comics, and uh, you know what I kind of laid out for us in the comic book previews was like uh, his first appearance, which it's funny enough he was actually a side character for the Man Thing. Which is another movie from two thousand five that maybe we cover, maybe we don't, don't know, but. uh it's uh he was a very very minor character that was introduced as a spoof of Donald Duck with uh of Disney and uh because man things going through the multiverse and he's going to all these different worlds and there's a bunch of spoof characters like ones of Conan the barbarian and ones of like stuff like that and uh Howard the Duck is the spoof of uh Donald Duck and uh he they they introduce a lot of elements from the comics, you know. Whenever we learn uh, that he's a master of quack foo, mm-hmm. his uh, oh his, yeah, his third issue of solo titles was the master of quack foo. Uh, pretty pretty legit. That the dollar bills with little duck faces on them, yeah. little George Washington bucks. It's a little uh, condom was... in there too. <laughs> it's a little condom. Oh, dude, it's like like a little finger caught. Like it was kind yeah. of what it looked like, you know. Uh, well, yeah. and the thing about that condom is it wasn't in a wrapper. You know, um, yeah, that's co- true. The, the condom was the other thing. You know, I, was, I was trying to think what like went over my head. I mean, being a nine, ten year old, like I, I would didn't even know what it was, and likely just didn't even question it because it, whatever. I don't care. I don't know what that is. But well, yeah, the little the little tiny duck condom isn't even in a. You know, a, he isn't using that. You know, it's he's very not unsanitary. Yeah. It is extremely. Unless yeah. ducks don't care about that, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, perhaps. I mean, I, I also, I didn't know. You know, to your point, Joseph, like that. Um, I only knew it from my perspective of being ten. Like, I didn't know it was a Marvel thing. Colton was the one that told me it was Marvel. I'm like, why are you guys yeah. doing? Because I knew you guys were working on the same like type of stuff. I'm like, well, what's Howard the Duck got to do with it? And it blew my mind that. It was, a, it was a Marvel thing. Like, so, um, 
It's hilarious. And the first substantial Marvel movie at that. Um, this Insane. is the first Marvel movie we've covered on our, on our project oh, really? so far. And now Marvel is obviously the biggest, biggest film franchise ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, next but is this Blade. Is, yeah, the next. And Marvel we don't get another movie. one until 1999. So, uh, no. you know, big, big old gap between the Marvel movies, but, uh, we don't get 13 year gaps between Marvel movies anymore. More like 13 oh. days. No, who better, who better to start the MCU than Howard the Duck? You know, <laughs> I mean, come on, like it's 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 almost poetic at this point. And I'm I'm not gonna lie, like I wasn't disappointed with the movie. Like I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And you know um, what's funny is the movie doesn't really get like, oh okay, yeah, this is a pretty bad movie until about the back half of the movie, like the last okay, yeah, <laughs> forty forty five to fifty minutes. Whenever you know the super villain makes his appearance it gets a little super girly you know like a little the villain becomes absolutely what that's where we're taking this you know okay fair enough but like it makes more sense with this movie to take it there because it's howard the duck of course we're gonna get like absolutely outrageous with this thing uh the most i mean what's crazy is that this movie actually has a better romance than supergirl did and it's it's a human and a duck so uh that is sadly true like at least at least this one it wasn't like a mind control thing that was going on uh... yeah (laughs) beverly that's another comics-based character made her first appearance in howard the duck number one Mm. uh so like they, they they maintained a lot of it you know she was introduced in a much different way i think i actually really liked beverly in this movie it was uh mm-hmm. it was one of my favorite characters in the mix and good I mean, old uh phil being a little shawshank yeah uh, Phil's cameo Phil's here. Yeah, yeah. A little, uh andy dufresne andy dufresne. Andy, dufresne. This, uh, andy dufresne and i think that he even in that even with the production value and the and the cast he was in, like, I think he showed his chops as an actor, honestly, compared to everyone else. I mean, Leah Thompson is a good actress, but I mean, obviously, you know, Robbins goes on to, to great things. And I think that you can actually see that in his performance in a way, like even with the absurdity of the movie and everything that was going around him. I mean, I think, um, I think I actually have him as, you know, I know we, we do this prep for, for it and I have him as, as I believe, um, my favorite performance okay. um, just because I thought that his um, actually forgive me. I listed Beverly first, but I also put Philzy because I thought Philzy, I thought Philzy did some stuff. But the reason I put Be- Beverly, sorry to go off on this tangent, but for the performance, I felt like Beverly was like doing the best with what she had. Oh, and sure. she was coming off of, you know, back to the future. Um, she was coming off of a movie called all, um, all the right moves with Craig T. Nelson, Tom Cruise, um, you know, she, and she had done one other movie. It, it, it eludes me now. I can't think of it, but I mean, she was like, she was legit, you know, and, um, in preparing for this, I, I read some different things where she, you know, she wanted the role really, really bad. And then it didn't take her long to realize during production that it just, man, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't it, you know, um, I would have, uh, as soon as I read that script and realize that I might be the romantic interest for a duck, I think I probably passed that role up. Wild. Um, but yeah, that's Leah Thompson was ultimately what I landed on as my favorite performance too, because she has so many scenes where she is opposite a duck costume and, and does an 
like I really, really enjoyed her in this movie. You know, like I don't, I don't have any beef with Beverly in this movie beyond the, uh, you know, uh, we're in the diner and all the chaos is breaking loose, which I, I have as my favorite scene, the, 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 the Cajun sushi diner, uh, where, where everything is letting loose. Everything's going crazy. And, uh, she gets the mob to stop for a second because she goes, that's my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, they were like hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think I think it's without a doubt she has the best performance of the movie. Um just cuz like I think she gets it without a doubt. But I'll give um Chip Zen Zen Z L uh Z I E N uh for voice in Howard the Duck. Um No, I'll just give like the voice actor for Howard um the performance <laughs> nod cuz I don't know, you got to I don't know, he, he actually got like his mask like he doesn't really have facial emotion, really. Nah. You know, like like that you can like give like a a human face, or even like Yoda had like a little bit of like emotion that could be controlled in his face. But really, there's like such minimal movement that like that's be done in yeah. in the voice. So like I don't know, right. you gotta you gotta you gotta give it to him there. I think like Leah Thompson takes you know if there's gonna be an award given for like a performance, <laughs> like yeah, I'm not gonna give it to to the voice actor, I don't think, but I think he deserves a little bit of recognition yeah, for it, it you know I mean to your point, the face didn't like the the duck bill didn't move, and speak you know when you're talking about who did the voice um interesting got a, I got a few pieces of uh interesting tidbits for you guys. Ooh, Do you all know who the original voice over? person actor was cast and actually worked on the movie for a few weeks and then was like i can't do it no who robin williams holy as shit. howard as howard and uh. and it makes sense right because he was you know he the way his as a performer it makes sense that it wouldn't work for him going back to your point joseph about the the face didn't move the bill didn't move and mm -hmm. so because of that a lot of his zany you know his how he'd throw his voice in different ways and you know the cadence of his voice he'd switch it up so much he literally was like i, I can't do this i'm being uh -huh. limited because this duck's mouth won't move and i can't do my i can't do my best so um so that was i so he quit and that's how um, the other gentleman ended up getting a phone call. Uh, I mean, going from Robin Williams to Chip Zine, what probably wasn't the most encouraging thing for that production staff. Uh, Dang, that would have made I, this what movie a loss. so different. Oh, wait. What a loss we took. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wait, him, it said, yeah, Chip Zine as the voice, but then Tim Rose as Howard the Duck, and that's uh, General He's probably Akbar? in the costume. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's Admiral Akbar in the Star or Wars Admiral, movies. Admiral. Right. Admiral. Right. What? Um, <laughs> oh. It was interesting because you know how on Prime, if you kind of scroll down while the movie's playing, you can it'll, it'll tell you what actors are playing each character. Mm -hmm. And I randomly hit pause or scroll down at one point, and and I don't know. I, I meant to do some research on this, but there was literally four oh. act, you know actors listed, and they were all listed as Howard the Duck. So I don't know how yeah. I don't know how oh, that happened. Wait. So there obviously was someone physically playing him. There was also the voice. I don't know. There were like four different names that were associated with Howard the Duck for some reason. Yeah, there's Chip Zine is the voice, and then you have six people that are credited for Howard the Duck. Oh, wow. Ed Gale. Um, who that's looks, one I saw. Yep, that's looks, one I saw. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, Peter Baird, Bard, B-A-I-R-D, Lisa Sturz, Mary Wells, and Steve Sleep are all credited for there's Howard the Duck. There's also the fact well that there's Rose. a... 
there's a really good chance, given the way that a lot of these puppet puppet type costumes worked at the time, that someone there are probably multiple people literally working the facial features that are like when he does blink and when he does move his duck bill. Oh. It's probably like the person inside the costume probably isn't literally doing all of that. Um, what if he had a stunt guy too? Would the stunt person be uh, credited for being Howard? Oh, like, that's there was a little person true. that can rock some of those stunts. That's Almost certainly. True. I mean, and Howard the Duck has some pretty kick-ass stunts in this movie. The yeah. the, the opening, the opening, whenever he, uh, you know, he saves Beverly from the two uh, potential uh, assaulters. Um, that's something that I've also caught on to very early on in these uh, in these movies is that uh, there is a woman in these early superhero movies. They are going to be approached in a non-consensual manner. And the hero is going to have to stop that from happening. There, There is a 100% chance that two men will come up to a woman on the street late at night and try to sexually assault them. If it is, I don't know, I, I guess we'll have to find where that ends in movies. Well, what's, um, what's interesting is that, like, at least they're very clearly drawing a moral boundary where, like, that's like, okay, well, obviously the hero yeah. has to intervene here. And, uh, you know, the way Howard's like, uh, this duck has reached his limit, you know? I like, guess it uh, is the classic intervention, you know, guy saving girl from two other guy. You yeah. know, I, yeah, it, 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 I guess it's, you know, that's how it happens in the comic books, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's a damsel in distress. Find, yeah, you always find yourself in a situation that, you know, you wouldn't normally. So, I, oh, mean, I, I guess, usually do this. I usually do this much earlier, but we jumped right in. I wanted to lay out the, you know, the release date, the director, writer, and stuff. This was released on August 1st, 1986. It was uh, based off the comics by Steve Gerber, uh, written by Gloria Katz and Willard Hike, and directed by Willard Hike. And if you are a Star Wars fan or a Lucasfilm fan, those are names you're massively familiar with, as they wrote American Graffiti, along with George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they wrote Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, they've, they've written plenty from, uh, from those minds over at Lucasfilm and, uh, you know, probably not the, not the best Indiana Jones movie, but American Graffiti is a damn good film and it was our 1973 movie on our, uh, 52 year journey through film. So a nice little, uh, nice little connection for us there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the Indiana Jones poster, but it was Duck or I forgot yes. what the name was, but it got a little, you know, we did Indiana Jones as well. Um, absolutely got a little got a few yeah. real world uh you know the rolling egg yeah duck that, world uh, yeah i forgot about good old yeah starting the movie off in duck world or whatever their planet was called yeah. um, got a few moons i mean right off the bat there's two moons you're like true. what's going on yeah true um but i mean it, it seemingly was a planet literally where it, it was just like ours only ducks only ducks only yeah, does. And what, says, what's also yeah. interesting is it's not a parallel universe or anything where we just happen to right. all be ducks. It's like if you go deep enough into outer space, there will be an egg-shaped planet that is called Duck World. Not like Duck Earth or anything because he's like Cleveland. All right. <laughs> what a great name for this uh, this strange planet. That was a pretty much pretty much ripped from the comic books too. his first place where he touches down on Earth uh, is Cleveland. So that was uh, that was. Houston, bunch of bunch of super Superman, Supergirl, and what's funny is, uh, we have covered Batman sixty six, Superman seventy eight, Superman two, Superman three, and Supergirl, and this might fall enjoyment wise for me, top three, 
Yeah, I'm not even going to cap with you. Like this was, I, I had a really fun time watching this. But there's there's this thing where last week our beef with Supergirl was like the movie took itself so seriously, but was so bad. You can tell yeah. this movie knew what it was, knew it was probably not the best, and they eventually steer into it. It feels like, whereas Supergirl, it was like, oh yeah, you're really trying for something here, and it is just not landing. Mm. Yeah. No, this 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 was definitely way better of a like a, a watching experience than than Supergirl or Superman three, um, and it's just it would have to beat out Batman sixty six to be in the top three, and mm-hmm. I honestly think it does. Um, I think I, I think like, I rewatched this movie before I rewatched those. It's insane to me that like Batman sixty six, something where like I know the character of Batman, I know all of these villains, like, but I'm more entertained by a duck that i've never heard of before whatsoever (laughs) and i thought was gonna be like the most shitty movie like of all time coming into it and i'm like no like i I think yeah it's definitely in the top three it's definitely not middle of the road is the question there okay is that praise is that more praise for howard the duck or an indictment of batman's you know what i mean i mean like to your point like wow they have all these characters you're already familiar with and that you look are looking forward to seeing and they miss the mark that much. That's pretty, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Well, that, that's what's interesting though is like, again, like the Supergirl thing, it's, it was made for different purposes. Like it, Batman 66 had more in common with Howard the Duck than I think Supergirl did as far as knowing what it was and steering completely mm. into it. Uh, so like that's that's another thing is that it wasn't necessarily like a theatrical release or anything. It was like the precursor or not the precursor, but the result of a TV show that had been seeing success. It was also 1966. So it was just a different time for the way children's movies were made in general. It was very propagandic. It was very just like, a, oh, don't drink, kids. You're not going to you're not going to see any success in life if you drink. Uh, but I'll save them because I, I save everybody. You know, I'm Batman. Uh, Howard the Duck gets to be the drinker. He gets to be the one who's who's smoking hoagies and stuff. Like he's having, sure. a, he's just having a good fucking time, and it makes this uh it makes this a really enjoyable viewing experience. Uh, now what I will not used to be. What was his old like before he got his good job? Was he oh was he a singer or was like a songwriter or something like that? Like what was his lore? You know, like his life before his boring job. I forgot he was. Uh, oh yeah, he had so, like he had because he was on the cover of that Rolling Egg, was he not? Like was that? Uh, Thank you. Yeah. The, oh, oh, advertising. Oh no, no, he became an advertiser. That's right, because he had like some perfume or cologne. He was like smell blah 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 blah, and like did the whole advertising. But he did yeah, like. Right. I think he was like a I don't know in a band or something like that before. Um, I love looking through the pictures on IMDb because it's relatively in order. Yeah. And they like see uh, them get blasted through space, you know, yeah. that, like that was, I don't know. It puts you right in the seat of like, all right, here's what to expect from the movie. We're on duck world. Now we got blasted from one end of space to the other. You don't know even how that happened. You just saw him go from his living room on duck world to earth. Yeah. And it was there only him. It wasn't like yeah. a, it wasn't like a planet destroying. Nope. Uh, occurrence uh right it's kind of later revealed how it happens and so he gets blasted to earth and you're like why is how one like why is he so calm you know like he lands he's just cool you know he's he's chill he you know he's hairless why does he why does he go to an 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 employment office 
Like what drove <laughs> him to, you know, like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go look for I'm a job. A you know, place. how does he even get a job? Like what? I mean, all those things are like going through your mind. And then, um, you know, how does he have such great game with Leah Thompson? You know I mean? The dude, <laughs> the, I mean, he's kind of the like player. a little legend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's kind of a little, little legend, but, um, he's a G he's a G there's no question. Like, uh, whenever he's, the chicks are performing on stage and, uh, they got the, we got the typical douchebag dudes who are in the audience who are their managers who are taking the money from them. And he goes and confronts them about it. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. This is one of the best parts of the movie. You know, when he absolutely, they slide him down the bar and then he climbs back on top and he makes yeah. his way back down. I was like, Oh, it's about to go down. You don't want to fuck with Howie when he's angry. Yeah, this dude's badass. I mean, he's, he is a master in, in duck foo, obviously, but, uh, no inherent superpowers, you know, and good old, good old Phil's, he tested him out, you know, he's like, can you bend this? Can you melt it with your eyeballs? Yeah, with your heat vision, you know, your yeah. heat vision. Can you read my mind? Can you see the future? Uh, and that's, that's another thing that makes this a fun place to start with, like Marvel movies in general, is that it's not like, it is a super, it is a, you know, outlandish story, but it's not necessarily a superhero movie. He's just, he's just a, a duck, duck man. And he's just yeah. a duck. He knows how to take care of himself. You know, I mean, he's, he's no ordinary duck. Well, I guess he kind of is, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, is he an alien? Would we call him an alien? I mean, yeah, I mean, an illegal alien. That was the yeah. charges brought against him. Right. Well, what's also really fascinating about this movie and the direction I almost wish they would have gone is like they they were very already pretty anti-cop, which was kind of funny. Um, (laughs) I thought was hilarious. I think they could have made this whole movie where the cops were the were the antagonist and like uh, instead of the supervillain who like destroyed the like, I think it would have been funny if when we get taken to the the ray and he's like yeah we're fixing it up and then it like crashes and like it starts breaking down and stuff and everyone's like oh no what's going on i think it would have been really funny if just then it was like yep that's it can't go back to can't go back to duck world and the oh. rest of the time it's like uh maybe the police take uh leah thompson in like kept under contempt she's like uh you know she, she's and abetting the- an illegal alien you know, a terrorist. She literally steals a cop's gun and points it at him. That's a, that's a heavy charge. You know, you're coming with there. I think it would have been funny if like she got taken in and then Howie's mission, the rest of the movie was trying to break her out of prison. I think that would have been a, I think I would have been left in a little bit more of like a, like critically better place because they, you know, they make it so outlandish and, you know, I'm going to love it mm-hmm. because it's Howard the Duck and it's supposed to be stupid as hell, but. I, uh, For some reason, the villain that we got, or uh, I guess whoever played Doctor Jennings first, that actor. What else is he in? Yeah, that I, is he Bueller, like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Is that what yeah, I know him? He's he's the I principal. Yeah, but there's I'm something thinking of something about else. This guy's I feel face. like I'm with Joe. He looks like somebody, but he's not he's like, him. Because I had the exact same problem. I feel really? like it's like a Harry Potter type thing, or somewhere oh. in that realm. Like, oh, uh, you're right there. You're on the right track. If it's if Harry Potter sounds right, is maybe that's what I was thinking. Because I recognize the mustache and like the the balding head. I feel like he was like a like red hair. I can't remember who it was though. I wow. gotta find it now. Because he looks just like him. He's not him. He's definitely not. But he looks a lot like him. Kind of a doppelganger because that dude is he. He's a quintessential 
eighties actor for sure. Yeah, let me. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, I'm thinking it's well, probably from an older movie. Out. Is what I was thinking of. Is it a movie that we've covered? I feel like in our 52 year journey through film. You done Ferris Bueller's Day Off? We did it, not. No. Do not. Okay. That's the. I mean, but, I keep going back to yeah. that. That's really the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I know he's been. Maybe a that's it. Shit. Maybe that's what he I'm. Was in Deadwood for you too. Oh, he was in Deadwood. He was outstanding in Deadwood. Well, I mean, as good. I as mean, that's just a great show. But uh, yes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he was the journalist. He's the dude that ran the the paper in in Deadwood. He was in Beetlejuice in '88. Beetlejuice, of course. Yes. Man, yeah, he was in some shit. Yeah, he did some shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe it is Ferris Bueller that I'm I'm recognizing him from. I can't wait uh, till one day I see the picture of the guy I'm thinking of because I can't even place exactly what he's in. But man, dude, I know it just looks what? like him. There's oh yeah, so it's not funny. him. I already came to this conclusion, but but he it's looked, more recent. It's more recent. It, I it believe feels it's more like, feels it. like it. Okay. Well, damn. It does, it drive me crazy. I wonder if if we are thinking of the same no, person. I know we're thinking of the same person. I just couldn't. I just cannot place it because as soon as you started talking about how he looked familiar, but you couldn't place it, you were just speaking directly to my soul because the whole time I was like, "Oh, he looks just like somebody," and I, I feel can't like figure it's it a out. dad, a, a character's dad that's a dick for some reason is what I feel like the character he plays as. It could be that or something completely different. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but uh he <laughs> you know, he had a pretty difficult job in oh. this movie as an actor. Uh this whole slow progression into this disgusting little monster. Um I uh you wow. know, there's not a there's not a single actor on earth I think could pull this off and make me believe that they're any good in the role. Yeah, he had his work cut out. What was it? The Dark Overlord? Isn't that what he was? The dark, was Overlord, dark Overlord. Yes. Yeah. And his transition is slow and it's, it, it, I mean, look, there's a certain level of leniency. Um, I think at least me, you know, having lived it, like in retro, there's a certain amount of leniency I now give the absurdity of 80 of some of many 80s movies. You know, and I, I think you guys probably get that too, even though you, it's not looking back for you guys. It's something new, but you, you look at like, yeah, this is eighties. Yeah. This is like a, right. I mean, Oh, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought this up because we've covered Superman two, Superman three, Supergirl, and now Howard the duck, all of which came out in the eighties. None of them are eighties movies. The way Howard the duck is an eighties movie. Um, it, like it just has that like the neon lights and and oh, Leah yeah. Thompson's apartment and like the way everyone's dressed and the hairstyle she's rocking the whole movie. There's something about it, the spirit of it that's just so typical '80s movie, 100%. which which is another thing that lent it to being more enjoyable than some of those other movies we watched. Is that because it recognized the era it existed in so clearly and was willing to was willing to kind of bank on that aesthetic? And I thought it was. I, I, that was one of the things I was surprised about with this movie is that I quite enjoyed the way it looked a lot of oh, the yeah. time. Yeah, they nailed the 80s. I mean, 100%. They nailed the, the time, you know, and what mm. was – I mean, and that's that was one of the thoughts I had watching. It was like, man, this is just everything that that, that particular time was. I mean, like, like from the makeup to the outfits – to just the, the 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 song Howard the Duck. I mean, it was that song was no. everywhere, dude. That song was everywhere, and that is an '80s song. Like just right. the synth and every, like 
everything about it, you know. Gosh. And that's her, actually. All the singing that's done in the movie. And you can tell. I mean, she does a pretty good job. That's that's Leah Thompson singing. You know? Yeah, I, re- I was watching the credits, and uh, when they got to the Howard, the, like the song section of the credits, uh, it was performed by Leah Thompson. Yeah. And I was like, okay. She did she did it all on her own. I thought mm. that was fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, there's a... There's surprisingly, surprisingly a lot to like about this movie for me. Yeah. Is- well, and how we got to the leniency, right? Of like how we like, Hey, we're going to take it easy is, you know, you were talking about the, the dark overlord and his slow transition. Right. And it was just so crazy when, you know, he determines he's going to be able to charge himself through the fucking oh, old school, God. um, cigarette lighter in the fucking <laughs> truck. Oh. And that thing comes out of his mouth. And it's like, man, it's just, dis- I mean, it's just, what is going on? You know? <laughs> and then he goes to a, a, literally a nuclear power plant after that, when he's getting, when he's getting weak and just like, uh, you know, I'm gonna take this just, detour. I need power. Uh, <laughs> Dresses totally in one of how like, a visitor jackets and like, yeah. uh, he you does the whole room, thing. The reactor yeah. room is just a white, just yeah. room full of power that he just <laughs> soaked it all up in and then walked right. out, blew through the wall, and was on his way. Yeah, and all those dudes are like just thinking, well, that guy's just a little weird. Yeah. I'm like, look at him, dude. That's the true. That was my favorite thing about the treatment of this villain is like specifically, again, in that diner scene at the Cajun sushi place, whenever he's like, like he explodes the ketchup and mustard bo- mustard bo- bottles and stuff. Howard starts getting taken away. The way Leah Michelle treats him the rest of the scene is so funny because she treats him like he's just a slight inconvenience. Like, ah, geez, this guy's at it again. You know, like she doesn't, she's not frightened. Of he, was through a, he went through a work injury. He's doing his thing. Just don't, you know, don't worry about him. It's all his good. eyes started glowing and she went, ah, geez. Like, oh, oh, here man. he goes again. This, oh, yeah. Okay. Dude's back on his bullshit. Yeah, exactly. That was that was one of my favorite things about I it. I mean, I guess it wouldn't really be the first thing in my mind to think that a dark overlord has taken over his body, Fair. though. I guess Fair. he did blow up a ketchup and mustard bottle, though, and his eyes were glowing. So maybe at that point, I'd be like, okay, there's something going on here that's a little fishy. But... My powers are growing. <laughs> I thought uh, that I've. I love that, like, he reaches full power in that diner. Like, he doesn't have to do shit. He just, he just keeps sitting there, and slowly, sure enough, it all starts working out for him, and the way the mob is just attacking Howard that whole time, and the dude who's, like, leading the, leading the charge, like, ready to go fight this dude who just blew up shit with his mind. Like, uh, that's another thing I love about these classic 80s movies, is that they're unafraid of the superhuman protagonist, or superhuman entity, who is clearly exhibiting massive Whoa. amounts of superpowers and you're like you know what i could take this guy with a bat wow checking uh what awards this movie was nominated for it was only nominated at two different award shows the razzie awards okay. and the sense. stinkers bad movie awards oh, man. um it won the worst picture um stinker award um it was nominated for worst picture of the decade wow the decade I mean, that's strong. And what's funny is I was t- talking to your, your mom about, about the movie. And it, it's funny because she remembers it so positively like I did too. She was like, Oh, that movie was huge. I mean, that movie was, you know, I'm like, nah, I guess everybody hated it. You know, I, and like everything you read, everybody hated it and it didn't do well at the box office. So it, it's like the success it built was more of following its release. You know what I mean? Like, I read somewhere where it did $38 million worldwide and 
and it, it, they put more cost. I mean, it costs more to make it and to distribute it and to advertise and the signage and everything. They had 40 plus million in it. So it was, it was, it was a bust, but people remember it differently. Like they, I love that your mom was like, Oh, that movie was huge. I'm like, well, I thought so too, but evidently no. <laughs> well, I think it's important that you guys were kids at the time too, because like, there, uh, it happens modernly where the kids, like specifically with the Star Wars sequel trilogy, kids fucking love those movies. You know, they don't know that people who are critics are, are, True. are bashing that, you know, like people who are critics and the adults don't like it. But something at the end of the day that a lot of people just got to realize is that if you're an adult watching a kid's movie, it's actually not exactly for you. Maybe you're not supposed to like it, mm. you know, uh, Right. Yeah, this now was this is a rated PG and it made 15 million. Um <laughs> that's just the USA. Yeah, but, domestically, uh, it, right? It, yeah. It, yeah, it took it took 36 million to make it was the budget for oh, the movie. That's so. That's a really really big loss, but you know, George Lucas, you know, he'd done he'd done all three of the first Star Wars movies by this time. He was well, really good. I feel like this is the perfect time for for my my next little tidbit. <laughs> no, if you're ready. Okay, so he was coming off so much success, right? Um, obviously, right. All the, I mean, all the indie movies, and yeah, yeah. So he, um, he, he. So following those, he really he was banking on Howard the Duck to be a huge success because the story goes that he was in debt after like in between the star Wars movies and this and the Indiana Jones, because he'd spent so he'd spent about 50 million in building the Skywalker ranch uh, production facility. Right. So he was hoping Howard the duck would get him out of that debt. Didn't happen. Lost money. So since it, it wasn't able to do that, he had to sell some of his assets. One of those assets was a newly launched computer animation studio. Pixar. Pixar that he sold to Steve Jobs that would eventually become Pixar. That was that he, what drove him to sell that was his, it was an asset that he had, you know, he was in debt and the movie didn't do what it needed to do to get his ass out of debt. So he sold that asset. That's funny because I actually listened to a whole like secret history of star Wars book where it was basically an autobiography of George Lucas's career. And they went into that part of his career where after, after the original trilogy and, in building the Skywalker ranch, he put so much money into that, that every movie that came out, he was banking on it, making a hundred million dollars. Wow. He was always wanting movies to make that much money, which is frankly, not an incredible business strategy. Um, you're telling me man, if Howard the Duck career, would, if it would have popped off, then Pixar might have still been George Lucas's doing. Like yeah. if, if Howard the Duck actually did well. Revisionist so, history, yeah. So if I am ever given the capability to time travel and tweak <laughs> one thing in history, I'm going to go back and make sure that Howard the Duck, Succeeds. just to see, just to see what would happen, you know, maybe. We've gotten a lot of great what, shit from Pixar, though. Does that even, maybe that, like, ripples Apple completely. Like, Apple doesn't even pop off as much as they do. Yeah, think Howard of the, the Duck does think well. of the butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This, this, movie, this movie could have been a, a true nexus event of, you know, I mean, a true I don't know, time-changing I, I had no idea. Wow. That it kind of caused George to sell Pixar. That's insane. Well, yeah, well, in selling all of his assets, 
and well, this is something that you would you would like to not be revised because in selling all of his assets and then watching Jurassic Park, it made him realize he could make the prequel trilogy of Star Wars happen. So he finally ch- dumped all his money that he'd earned from selling those assets into the next trilogy yeah. of Star Wars movies. And that paid off for him in a way that nothing else had up to that point. I mean, really, if you think about it, it worked out good for everybody, right? I mean, yeah, Disney Pixar ended up good. Steve Jobs did pretty well, and, Lu- and George Lucas did pretty well. I mean, yeah, ultimately, Ashton Kutcher benefits from that Steve Jobs success. You know, goes on to play Steve Jobs. Of course. Wow. Um, on the suit itself, two million dollars was spent on the suit, and eight different actors worked inside of the costume. There you it go says, with all the credits. Then, yeah. yeah, it says that Ed Gale uh, ended up performing most of the major scenes as Howard. Is so he's the main guy, I guess. But uh, two million dollars on that suit—that's insane. That's not especially for what time it was. Not, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's like, not like that's not say, like an Iron Man suit or like a Batman. You know, it, it's, know. It's, it's it's a duck costume. I don't know. That's just hilarious. <laughs> that like that their big budget for the suit that they had. You know, it's just a duck. Um, well, yeah. Well, and that's what's hilarious is that like this was. Two million dollars. I don't know that it was worth it. You know? Oh, for like, sure. I feel like they almost could have. Uh, I feel like well, they almost could have made this for every bit of half. I don't that. know. That, that's the thing is that, like, at first when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. No way am I going to get used to it as the movie goes on. It will always look ridiculous, but like, kind of got used to it. I'm like, yeah, that's just Howard. Like Howard. <laughs> No movement whatsoever, but it's just like the movie was so ridiculous that it just played it. it. Everything around the movie was so much more ridiculous that him as a duck wasn't ridiculous enough. It like it was, that was yeah, the so bar was set so high <laughs> that yeah. him his costume was just second nature at some point. True um, enough. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe that, maybe the maybe the two million was, was worth I can't it. I can't say it's well spent, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, maybe, maybe there's something. Interestingly there. enough, Ed Ed Gale having played most of the in costume, uh, in costume parts of this movie, uh, this was his first credit in film as an actor. His second was, in fact, Spaceballs, uh, where wow. he played a character named Dink, which I uh, got some... I do not recall. But was Dink the? Um... R2 D2 knockoff? That's what I'm assuming he was. <laughs> like that's that's what I was gonna guess. Baseball's uh, Oh, you know what? There were little guys that rescued them in the it desert. Was, it was they're, the Jawas. It was the or the, the oh, sand people. At, and uh, they would go ding ding ding. Like at, that's how they spoke, right? Yes. Yeah, the, yes. The you sand got that. people yep, that's equ- it. equivalent. Yeah. Yeah, they were basically oompa loompas, but um sand people. So and good. then they bring him to uh they bring them, <laughs> brought them to Mel Brooks's uh, Yoda knockoff. I believe it was yogurt. Yogurt. <laughs> wow, what a film that is! Spaceballs is iconic. I know that's what that's not on the agenda today, but Spaceballs is. We should have had you on for that one. That was our 1987 oh, movie. That's outstanding. <laughs> Speed. I mean, uh, you yeah. know. I remember when you introduced me to that movie when I was very young and I was like, that was another example of a movie where I was like, uh, looking back, I'm like, wow, yeah, I guess I did watch this when I was about, I don't know, nine, eight or nine. Uh, 
which is just hilarious. I remember very distinctly a part of that movie that like when we discussed it and like, wow, well, this is PG was there's a part of the movie where Mel Brooks is under the covers with two women and then someone bursts into the room and he has to they like raise above the covers. And it's like, oh, yeah, they were uh, they were up to some nefarious activity under there. But uh <laughs> that's what's funny is like, I don't think Spaceballs is that far out of the realm of discussion when we're talking about this movie because they're both, they're both so outrageous. And what's funny is that, uh, this movie takes itself obviously a little bit more seriously. Spaceballs was just very obviously a ploy yeah. for merchandise. There's a whole section of the film dedicated to them actually selling the merchandise Mel that Brooks. they made for it. Yeah. Mel Brooks is ridiculous, but, uh, this this movie benefits from taking itself a little bit more seriously, which is hilarious, you know, in, in comparison to Spaceballs. Um, it'll be interesting when we come to the rating, which uh, I don't know. Are you guys ready for that? I think so. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh did want to, my favorite shot I haven't said quite yet uh, was his guitar solo whenever he was on stage and he was like their new manager yes. and he was just, get, he was, he was getting it. Oh, uh, that, that was sick. shredding with like his duck bill and stuff. Um, I th- and then my, great. my favorite scene is your favorite shot. And that's, uh, of, I, I only know him as Andy Dufresne. Filzy and, uh, Howard were flying in the, the little makeshift plane that they, they found to oh. escape the cops. That was uh, one of the the parts of the movie that made me go, oh yeah, George Lucas put money into this part because like, uh, you know, that I could just imagine him on set being like, yeah, we need this to be a little bit more uh, fast, more intense, you know? <laughs> really get the really get the motion in the background, you know? Yeah, I, I had that one too. I, for my favorite shot, I went with literally just because I thought it was hilarious when they pull up to the restaurant. The scientist is starting to, you know, uh, what's what's his name again? Do- the doctor uh, Jennings. Jennings. Yes, yeah, he's starting to do his change, and they get out, and it pans up to the restaurant sign, and, and it says, you know, Joe Roma's Cajun sushi, and, like, the sushi is obviously blocking another word, and I just thought that was, that that is really when it hit me, like, dude, that pan up that way is so 80s, and the way, the look of the sign, it just really, it just really took me back there, and then the scene, basically the entire scene where they're flying to rescue Beverly, just the action of it, and the hilarity of it, and you know, he goes after the duck hunters. Um, he drags Phil through the water after the little loop-de-loop. Uh, he went through the train and knocked the wings off. Um, that oh, was yeah. probably my favorite scene. Um, yeah. And what came from that, too, from around that same time is you realize that not only can he not fly because he doesn't have wings, he can't swim. Yeah, Remember him saying that? So yeah. this is a duck. This duck can't fucking fly or swim. I just He's more man the, than duck. I thought that was hilarious. He's I just really just a man so who looks like a duck. Yeah, he's so really funny. just Howard. Well, yeah, what's funny yeah. is most men can swim. True. So, like, he can't even he can't even do some of the things some things a human can do. But he but, can uh, have a particle whatever gun and and blast oh, he a a dark yeah. lord into the shadow realm. I don't know what happened to shit. him there, but yeah. He handled himself. Full yeah. 80s action hero right there for Howard the Duck in that moment. I fucking loved that. But uh, one another one of my favorite parts of the movie, I didn't take this down or anything, but uh, whenever the cop's like, how am I supposed to advertise a manhunt for a duck? And they'd like been talking earlier in the movie about how it's duck season and uh, yeah. it's time to go hunting. Uh, he's like, it's a duck hunt, sir. He was like, fuck you. Oh, yeah, he flies <laughs> like, super low to all the duck hunters and knocks them all in the water. Yeah, yeah they're all- 
they all fall the same exact way as he, like, they're all, like, I don't know. And so many people are duck hunting out there, too. It's insane that he found that many people out there. But, hey, good on him. You know, he he, he flipped the tides. He won this round. Won, won this battle. Uh, I think my favorite line from the movie that just kind of summed up the the whole movie was the last one where he was like, not bad for a duck from outer space. I was like, yep, you really encapsulated what this whole fucking movie was. Didn't you there? I like that. Yeah. The outrageousness of the idea of a duck from outer space being here. And people were doubting him for some reason because he's a duck from outer space. So Uh, he used that to his advantage. Actually, in the beginning, he was like, yep, space rabies. I bite you once and it's insta death or 15 (laughs) seconds. Space rabies. Is that a thing? It's like I don't I mean, know. I think I heard something about that on the news. I don't know, boss. Yeah, I think I think that is a real thing. You got to watch out about that. And everyone's just running away after he said <laughs> it. To everyone's just running. Uh, smart guy. I don't know. Pretty smart guy. You know, he's big brain. Yeah, he's got a he's got That's an intelligence just, on him. Yeah, he's kind of a street smart type dude. You know what I mean? Oh like yeah. He, he he's gonna. Well, I mean, he does it. You can put him anywhere on God's green earth, and he's gonna. You know, he's gonna survive. What's his power ranking in the MCU? Where where does he fall? You know, is he is he like right below Thor, but like not quite like Captain America? You know, or like <laughs> where you think where you think uh, Howard the Duck falls? Uh, uh, for me, you know, I think I would love to see him more on the street level side of the MCU. You know, oh, I would okay. love to see him, I'd love to see him get involved with Daredevil and Spider Man and their face offs <laughs> with Kingsman and stuff. I think that'd be a I think that'd be a perfect realm of of existence for Howard. Uh, it would be, I mean, Spider-Man did, he was the, the sales ploy for the very first issue of Howard the Duck solo comic where, uh, you know, they threw Spider-Man on the cover and were like, he appears in this one. Uh, you better, you better buy this Howard the Duck book. Um, and, uh, you know, what's funny is like this movie was in relatively, I mean, it is the first Marvel movie. It was in relatively high demand in comparison That's still insane to, to me. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. I, I could see him dropping into like with Deadpool and that being kind of cool. I thought the same thing. Yep. You oh, know, yeah. I, I think Ryan Reynolds, I think they could really trade some, some wits, you know, I think that'd be funny. To well, what think, is cool about, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just to, to think of the entire MCU and what it is now and seeing like what it started as having Thanos and all these interconnected movies. And now we're going to Kang and, and, you know, have 2025, Shit already planned out, and to yeah. know that it all started with Howard the Duck. Howard the you know, Duck. this yeah. is where the the massive universe that Marvel has built all started. And uh, I don't know. I, ho- I hope I hope they pay homage to it somehow. Like in like in bring him back he's, in. Like he's already appeared in a couple like, a couple MCU things. You know, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy in a very very brief cameo where uh, he just pops up for a second and he says something like, you know what they say, once you go duck, and then they like cut away. Um, But uh, what I really like, he's in What If, he starts voiced by Seth Green, modernly. Um, And uh, he, he actually has a really, like, that's what's also interesting is that when it comes to the adaptation part of our rating, it'll do rather well. Um, They maintain the spirit of this character really, really, um, concisely, you know, he is this smart ass duck man, you know, he's, uh, he's, I mean, I don't think we get Bojack Horseman without Howard the Duck, if I'm being for real. And you know, Howard the Duck really set the foundation for 
Almost all of Hollywood continues I mean, moving forward. Yeah, this George Lucas just really finds a way. You know, even if the movie didn't pop off, he really just he walked so that everything else could fly. A massive, a massive influence on 2002's Scooby Doo. Um, obviously, that, the greatest film that's ever existed. Possibly, short list without anyway. a doubt. Yeah, without a um, doubt. But I do think we are ready for the rating section, so I'll explain it for everybody and our, our guest here. I know I gave you a nice little rundown via a, a nice little document, nice little bit of homework for everybody who plans on being a guest, so watch out. But uh we've got four separate ratings. We've got our enjoyment rating, which is incredibly subjective, entirely subjective, and it's... uh just how much the movie's resonating with us, how much we dig it. On a scale of 1 to 10, we've also got genre rating. And this will find itself in this, uh, since they're all superhero movies, we go with like subgenres, sort of. So this has got that superhero sci-fi comedy, I think is, like, this would be a comedy for sure. Um, See, IMDb gives it a um, a good old action-adventure comedy. Mm-hmm. So, oh, no sci-fi? We've got a duck from outer space, you know? I, I guess like not. The, the laser, well, it, it was a real laser built on Earth, and that's really how physics works now, you know? That's, yeah, I, I mean, come go. on, every, everyone knows you shoot a laser out into space and you teleport some dark overlords or some ducks every now and then, so. It, every once in a while you might find yourself, the way the feather fell down from, <laughs> yeah. from space right into the lab. Um, but, uh, We've also got the adaptation rating, and we didn't want our critical or enjoyment uh, ratings to depend on how good of an adaptation it was. Sometimes you get movies that are bad adaptations, but really good movies, and you get really good adaptations that are really bad movies. And, you know, this one's probably closer to that uh, good adaptation, bad movie side of things. Um, Mm. And then we've got uh, the critical rating. That's all things considered. Filmmaking, acting, writing, score, if applicable. Um, I don't, I don't recall much of the score here, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, just all things that go into critically making a movie. You know, we we rate that there, and I have a feeling that might be where where this movie starts to get a little weaker. Um, but enjoyment wise, how are we feeling about Howard the Duck? Uh, well, we got we got Batman sixty six out of five, so middle of the road. We said Batman sixty six was, and I don't think this was really middle of the road. I think it's it's uh. Like the floor, I think is like a, or maybe it is right around a six ish, or maybe like six and a half, possibly. It's kind of where I was thinking, you know, Dad, I gave you the homework, and you know, I was kind of thinking for our guests, since I do give them that that sort of rundown of how we do our ratings, maybe mm-hmm. giving them a chance to rate the movie on their own, and then we get our our own rating on the on the side, because obviously, me and me and Joe, we've been doing this for like several. Yeah, you have Several kind of an, an established type of uh, foundation set as to yeah, we so have, you can compare it like like he was just doing right. Like, well, we gave you know this is what we gave Batman, so and that makes sense. You know, for me, I mean, on the enjoyment portion, yeah, because I can't make anything easy. Um, I, I, it's like I want to combine two of them. I want to combine like seven. Oh, I'm liking this with a two. And may never watch it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I really liked it, but I I, I very well may never watch it again. Um, and that has its place. That has its place. So uh, you know. So maybe you know. Maybe that brings it down to a six. You know. But it, it wasn't like. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. There was some nostalgia there. Um, 
I tried not to compare it to how much I enjoyed it when I was young because it was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, I, for whatever reason, obviously didn't have great taste, but um, it was it was enjoyable. Uh, and I, I could see my, literally I could see myself not ever watching it again. I mean, I hadn't watched it since I was young. I watched it for this project. Yeah, so right. what are the odds I'm going to go ahead and be like, you know what I feel like tonight? I'm going to watch Howard the fuck duck, man. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Um, well, and you know, I think I, I personally in the, in the scale I gave you, I do think that brings it down to a six, you know, like a, and a, like cause five, we made a, I made it like, don't love it. Don't hate it right yeah, down the middle. middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, six is where I would put like it's an above average movie. I might not, I might not ever watch it again, right. you know? Like, so I, I do think, I do think six is fair and that's, that's about where I was landing anyway. You know, I don't, I don't think I go, Oh, I'm liking this or nothing like this, you know, but uh, I, I did, I did have fun watching it. I had a really good time and uh, I, I, maybe, maybe even six and a half, you know, maybe, maybe I climb Ooh. a little bit with it. I just thought it was uh, I just thought it was well, fun. Uh, yeah. You think? Let's I don't see. know. Here, let me uh, let me take let's let me see. take a well, good old look. See the next next up, Superman two was a seven. I'm a um, go six. I'm a yeah. go six. Okay, okay. <laughs> can't put it over. Yeah, I, I can't confidently go. Yeah, a half point less than a great Superman movie. Right. Yeah. No, uh, and that makes you think, man. Do you maybe put it at a five then? Right? Because you know, not to get off subject, but wasn't Superman two the one where the uh, Oh, I, I, I'm horrible with remembering characters, but like the, 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 the three, three or four people that could fly that were all in black. Yes. Yes. General Zod and, uh, the, the other Kryptonians from the Phantom Zone. That and, was a great movie, actually. I remember, I mean, I remember watching that when I was young thinking, oh, man, this is, this is, this is awesome. And it was, it was pretty awesome. And that's, that's the thing though, is that I do find myself, like he said a little bit ago, Batman 66 was out of five. I do find myself enjoying this more than I liked Batman 66. Okay. So six is a happy medium uh, there. I, I think like, Howard like the Duck middle ground. is actually the perfect middle between Superman 2 and Batman 66. Somehow Superman we 2, always find these things. It's, it's like they had the bones, everything was there, but they just kind of fell on the villain side, even though the villains were really cool. It was just kind of weak for some reason. And then like Batman 66, kind of the same thing. They had all the villains there, but then they were all just kind of a little weak-ish. Howard the Duck? This movie. Well, a yeah, a villain. Man, it just comes down to the villain, I guess. Because yeah, this villain. A good is... a movie is only as good as its yeah. villain is, you know. And like, I don't think that affects enjoyment so much. It will affect our critical rating, and it did affect our critical rating on a few of the other ones. But I think yeah. six ends up being a happy medium here for us, uh, yeah. genre wise, out of ten for a uh, for an action adventure comedy for this uh, for this Howard the Duck shit. Um, you know, I think it knew, it knew what it was and I think it did a pretty good job at it. You know, I think, uh, they took some big swings bigger than they probably should have. Um, but I do think for the most part it paid off. Uh, you know, uh, I, I end up probably falling again, maybe, maybe even more towards seven, seven and a half sort of thing here. Yeah. Seven and a half says that it did better genre wise than Superman two. All right, so maybe I just again go seven. About on the same level as Superman two. So I mean, uh, I I mean, good Superman two had, yeah. I mean, I guess the bones were there. The villain just kind of suffered, and here it's kind of the same exact thing. The action itself, I guess, um, 
do you really put that on the same level as Superman 2? I mean, as far as action can go with a duck and just humans, like, they did a very good job. Like, they did a pretty good um, job. You know, you plane, are, you are like talking scene, me down a little was... bit, and I do, I do hear, I do hear you here. I do think that maybe this is where I actually end up falling more around 6.5. That's where I was at the very beginning was, it's not, I don't think it's quite a six, but a six and a half seems about right. Just, it was okay, you know. It was it it was it wasn't hysterical, but it got me to to nose exhale a couple times. Got a little chuckles out of me, um, yeah. You yeah. know, even even still today. Um, so I mean, it holds uh, pretty well. You know, holds up pretty well. And the action, yeah, was was okay. And the I guess it's it's a storyline that I've never I guess thought of before. Um, so yeah, quite, certainly very quite adventurous. So yeah, very original. I think, I think six and a, six oh. and a half is fair. Yeah, I struggle with it because, like, my first instinct is to say, yeah, this movie knew what it was. Yeah. And so that brings it up, even though it, it, it obviously didn't knock it out of the park or yeah. even. But I don't think in the beginning they knew that this is, you know what I mean? So I've struggled because I don't think that they knew what this movie was until. They you did. know what I mean? I think they it missed it. Yeah. yeah, I think they missed it so horribly that like then they leaned into it like it's like they learned what it was, mm. you know. But I, I, it's still right, you know, probably right around where you guys are. I mean, six. I mean, because yeah. I think they maybe didn't go into it with that intent of yeah, this is what we're going for. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, well, this is what we got and yeah. there's what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like George Lucas was like, I already put a hundred million dollars into this. Yeah, movie. exactly. They could have chosen any villain whatsoever. Literally, it's being beamed from space. They chose a Dark Overlord from, you know, there's no reason that they chose a Dark Overlord. It was just, yup, it so happened that that's where they were pointing it when they did another test. Like, it could have been another evil duck. That would have been hilarious if it was just another duck. Like, they kept it pointed right there, you know, no reason to move it, and they just fired it up again. It's like, oh, evil duck. Yeah, or like a duck, like his rival growing up that stole his girlfriend or something, or his yeah, duck right, friend, right, his female right. duck friend. Like it, he's like, people, man, I can't even get away from this guy on Earth. You know, now he's coming down to Earth and we got beef. Yeah, and now yeah. he's he's like coming through, and now he's like really, really aggressively hitting on Beverly Leah Thompson. Oh man, or like and he's having or flashbacks. That's yeah, the Donald. Right. Like that, they make that one the the Donald oh, duck. Like yes. you know, maybe like super close to Donald, but not real, like <laughs> Donnie or something like that. And talks yeah, more like a duck and. And, uh, that, oh man, that, yeah, that could have been, I don't know. I don't know why they, yeah, chose a dark overlord of everything, but. They made him like Ronald Duck. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ronald. <laughs> Ron, they called him Ronnie. And, and not to stay on the dark overlord stuff, um, it, that was, that was just ugly looking. Like, I mean, like just the, um, and I don't know if it was a sign of that time and maybe you guys, since you watched Star Wars and stuff more recently than I have, but it just seemed really, um, bad looking, um, optically. Um, well, there's something really interesting that we can compare it to almost directly from Return of the Jedi, which was three years earlier and it's the Rancor monster that Luke faces off with and it doesn't look too different. Uh, from what this is, as far as literally the build out of the creature, the visual effects on it, though, are infinitely I, worse. And you do have the fact that Star Wars Return of the Jedi is the third third movie and and, and the biggest franchise of all time I, at the time. It probably had a much larger budget, a lot sure. more room to work with there. But uh, nevertheless, it just uh, 
it did look it did look really bad you know like uh they didn't and you know there there was something about it that looked the thing about the rancor and star wars is that it was practical you know like they built they built that thing they made it like a a miniature and they visual effects everything in and i think you can get notes of that here too i do think this is almost certainly a uh actual thing they built and then just scaled it up like crazy mm-hmm. um, oh yeah yeah and, you can yeah, tell like just, the stop motion uh like there's yeah, a little bit of stop motion there was a little bit of yeah a little bit of uh, a lot of the the 80s uh like vfx that they normally use at the time right, uh, right for it but not terrible but for the time not but great looking yeah they could have could have done better for the i don't know 37 million they spent on it like I don't know if that thirty-seven million is adjusted or if that's like they spent thirty-seven million worth of eighty-seven dollars or nineteen eighty-seven dollars. Um, that's I don't know. That's kind of nuts. But. I think it's I think it's the real number. I mean, I think that's not adjusted for what it's worth now. I think I think they spent upwards of thirty. That's you know, nuts. <laughs> in in eighty-six, eighty-seven dollars. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, I don't think uh. Again, I think that does that will inevitably affect our uh, our critical rating. But first up, we'll do adaptation, and because me and Joe got yeah, to I yield to, to you guys on this. Yeah, you I guys. Figured, yeah. I figured such yeah. would be the case. Well, wow, um, it's about a hundred million today. Oh, if, you, if you would, if you adjust it. it, if you adjust it, it's about a hundred yeah. million today. That's insane. I was literally wow. typing it into my yeah as as you gave that off. I was wondering, wow, a hundred mil. Wow. Well, yeah, that's a well. And what's interesting is, like, uh, by by comparison, at the time, uh, like Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars, they did have actual budgets of one hundred million dollars at the time. Wow. So, like, it was uh it's an insane amount of money now, too. But like, adjusted for inflation, so like, even the first and second Star Wars movie had three wow. times as much money into it as this did so like uh, if that gives you any frame of reference Damn. Uh, yeah. for how the effects might have turned out as they did but adaptation wise i actually think this one fares rather well um it's it maintains the spirit of the comics in a way that's uh really really entertaining it's one of the things that i wasn't expecting from it because when i looked up like comic book influences and tried to see what was going on there there wasn't a lot that was coming up it was just kind of like uh it was kind of like this isn't an adaptation of any kind you know the dark overlords aren't a thing in marvel comics it's not a thing that exists it's just kind of uh it's just kind of there um now with howard the duck though they did maintain a very very clear spirit of the character and they did uh they did bring a lot of stuff from the comics into the movie you know the master of quack foo stuff uh the the duck world he did come from duck world calling the humans hairless apes like uh that they maintained that character in a way that was very very uh honest to the source material and uh i think it did pretty well there but like we've done with previous movies when the villains aren't adapted in an incredibly incredibly well done way it does take a hit um how you feeling i think it is right on par with like where superman 2 and and batman are it's like it, they did well as far as like the main character goes and you know that's that's kind of the most important thing but villain is you know you only your hero can only be um or can only shine as you know grand as your villain is um so i think it it's a, it's around there a 7 you know if it didn't um 
I, I can't say it did any worse or better than them, really, I'd say. Um, I get you. I get you. Yeah, no, I was right there. Seven is where I was at um, because uh, it, the exact same reasons. It did it did maintain the, char- the character's spirit, but it's uh, if you're going to adapt a movie original villain, this has been our beef with Supergirl. It was our beef with Superman 3. It's got to come to play. You can't just like you have so many villains to choose from in Marvel comics and even in Howard the Duck comics. Like, I don't know why you decided to implement the Dark Overlords. It's it was just a bold choice. Uh, so I think it's fair to give it a little bit of a dink there and just bring it down to seven. Uh, but that does bring us to critical rating. And like we were just saying, a movie is only as good as its villain. And you know, I think that that generalization is a bit of a stretch but uh this uh this probably won't fare the best (laughs) critically um i i would say that while it was very enjoyable it better made than supergirl i i can't confidently tell you yes it's almost I, i think it is it's about on the same level as far as like the literal camera work and whatever but like this wasn't as cringy as supergirl was if that makes sense like uh like supergirl was i guess more like uh like they weren't aware that it was bad and they thought that it was good so like that was like where the cringe came in a little bit is like that they they Sorry. didn't really know that they missed the mark, but they thought that they were kind of hit. They were the uh, last one to find out, type of deal. Yeah, exactly. But here, so so I for context, what did you guys give um, Supergirl? A Just three. Okay, um, for Supergirl. Um, I. What's funny is I was on the scale I provided for my dad here. Three was it's a truly bad movie. Four is it had the bones but didn't get there. Right? Do I have yeah. that right? Yes. I find bones, myself didn't get there. I find myself very much so splitting that difference um it's well on its way to being a truly bad movie but i do think it had the bones you know you know what i'm saying like uh it 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 had a it was just a it had a lot of elements that could could have been very Mm -hmm. very uh i think if you pretty much do exactly this story modernly I probably do weigh it a little bit more fairly. It's just that like the, the outrageous visual effects and you know, uh, the, the corruption of Dr. Jennings and stuff. I think you could have pulled that off way better in a modern context. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's also the fact that Beverly is for some reason so desperate that she would fall in love with the duck. She's down for the duck. Hey, I mean, it's, that's the only one on earth. You know, she's the only one that can say that she hooked up with Howard the Duck. No one else can. I mean, or about I, to I hook up. I suppose there's them, a certain. I guess. Uh, they didn't actually. Yeah, they got walked in on, which was also, uh, you know, Damn. Uh, frankly, like, what's who's he wasn't, walking into apartments and shit? Come yeah. on, Tim Robbins. He also on, wasn't Andy. ready for it. He was like, "Oh, actually, uh, I don't really feel good. Uh, I need to." Uh, yeah, he get, wasn't. Get yeah. my, my aspirin. Yeah. Bitch out. Yeah, he realized. Out. Yeah, he realized when the time was there. It's like, nah, <laughs> this ain't this ain't for me. I can't. I can't. I can't do the four four legged interspecies cha cha. Yeah. But if you are splitting the difference there uh, for a four and a three, it does put it right where we gave Superman three. 
critically. Um, which actually kind of makes sense because it's kind of the same thing. It's like a cool hero, but the villain was just kind of meh and weird and out of place. Um, but that's, yeah, that's right where I was. I was like, it's, it's Supergirl with a little bit of a bump, like a slight bump. And, uh, so I mean, yeah, I think three five is, is very fair. Averages it out to a five seven five, which is a little better than Batman sixty six. Um, right. At a five two five, um, let's see, it's still worse than Superman. Obviously, at a at a nine three eight, Superman two is a a six seven five. Uh, but then it is Howard the Duck in third place, right where it belongs, baby. Out top of, three uh, so far. Top three out of six. So it's in the top <laughs> half. Um, it will not be top three forever, but it's top three for now. And I really, and it, I, I have the feeling that next week it will remain top three if any of the reviews about Superman four are to be believed. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, let's provide a teaser then. What, what other, what other ones you got on the, on the list then? If you're, are you doing 10, you got six and you're doing like 10 of these or, uh, oh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ten, this this man over here. Uh, we've got like a hundred of these planned. Well, wait though, aren't you aren't you separating them in little subsets though, or no? It's just going to be it's just week after week until we decide we can't do this anymore. Oh, and it's uh, fuck. and uh, yeah, okay. so yeah, then it will not be three forever. Yeah, if you're rocking a hundred movies, it will for not. This. Uh, well, okay. and that's the thing. So is Superman that, uh, four is next. Superman four is plans to go until is... the latest release comic book oh. movie at the end okay. it is from the yeah. batman 66 to the latest released which oh. at the time is probably like a it'll be somewhere in the range of uh what's the Avengers, yeah, june like, summer 2025 um so yeah. Yeah, we plan on running this for a while that's why we're recording so far in advance trying to like yeah, no, i dig backlog. it no, it's, it's, it's a super fun and very, like, we were like, all right, we got warmed up with the 52 year journey through film. We were like, let's do a week, week after week. Let's build up a whole catalog. And we were like, all right, well, what if we just did that for like three fucking okay. years, dude? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So next week we got Superman for the quest for peace. Uh, the week after that we'll be joined by Blaine Rezach for, uh, uh, Batman 89 with, uh, starring Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's, the host of uh, DCEU on repeat and MCU on repeat. So a nice little crossover for podcasts there. I can already tell you my favorite line from Batman 89. Oh yeah. What's that? This town needs an enema. Joker <laughs> says that. And I was 12 at the time. Didn't know what enema was, but I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Is that a Tony oh, Montana man. line as well? Or is that a. No, I, I think that's. I think that's strictly uh, Jack as Joker. Hmm. Uh, Town needs an enema. Um, Vicky Vale. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a that's a good movie, dude. Oh yeah, that one that one will fare well on our that one will fare oh, well yeah. on our ratings. But uh, yeah. the week after that, you know, we got the sequel to it, Batman Returns, and with the return of Batman, we'll see the return of Tavares Pennington for this for this podcast. Uh, he'll be back on for that episode at least. Uh, the founder, uh, Tavares Pennington. Uh, the penny to my bloom. Uh, and then the week after that, Batman mask phantasm, we got a Batman run coming up because mm -hmm. it, they were the only superhero movies released yeah. for several years. Uh, 
Batman Mask Phantasm with uh, the Yubcast. They're a Star Wars animation podcast. So it was felt fitting that they'd come on for the Batman animated movie that we've got on the list. So uh, that's all I'll tease for now, but that's about the next month of what you can be expecting uh, from from us for this uh, comic book journey through film. And uh, man, so this movie shook out to a 58% on the tomato meter. Do we know what it is on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Um, the audience score gave it a 38, um, and the critical review is a 14. Um, although the critical audience. one, it's only 81 reviews. That's only 81 people in the world. Um, but yeah, audience giving it around a 40%, and that's 50K rating. So. All right. That's a little um, bit more believable. Yeah. Well, if that's 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 4.747% on IMDb, and we gave it a 58%. So we just kept, kept rocking 10 above the next after, after each one, which, uh, feels fitting. Feels fitting for us. We're typically pretty kind to movies. Um, and you know, we spice the, we spice our ratings up with a little bit of the enjoyment factor. So yeah. it gives it, yeah, it yeah, gives yeah. it a little bit of our flair. So, uh, yeah, 58% for Howard the Duck. Man. What a movie. What a time to be alive. Uh, hell yeah. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. Book reviews, comic book reviews, uh, movie reviews. If we're not, if we're not reviewing it on the pod, you know, we're doing this project right now. And if there's a new superhero movie, it's not getting covered until it lines up with this project. It'll be over on patreon.com slash pennybloompod if you're going to. If you're going to catch it, that's for three bucks a month. Helps out the podcast like crazy. Costs money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So, again, patreon.com slash pennybloompod. If you would, head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram, at pennybloompodcast. Keep up with me and Joe as we keep doing all kinds of shit. We're actually currently doing a Winter is Blooming Game of Thrones rewatch podcast. Uh, you're gonna have to gonna have to catch up with us there. Uh, keep keep rewatching Game of Thrones with us. Um, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And we were joined by the very special guest, Justin Robertson, my father. Thank you very much, Dad. Guys, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. I hope I uh, hope I did well enough to warrant a future invite. I'd love to join again. You shall. You shall. I'm, I, I want to get you on for a movie that you haven't seen. Yeah. Like a like a super like one of the more modern superhero movies that I feel would be more up your alley. For I sure. think uh, I think that'd be fun. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. It was it was a blast. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. A lot of fun. Of course. Of course. Um. And with that, remember, peace, love, and bloom, and it's not bad for a duck from outer space.